What up guys, welcome back to Off The Record where we talk about whatever we want. And on this episode of Ask An Expert, we have Eric here, who's an accountant. And uh, both me and Joe have been on a wild, Joe more so, because he, he has like the, the speed turned up a little bit more, on a wild crypto adventure. You wanna tell him about it? And then maybe you could yeah, see so what you would have done. A lot of my friends who are um, pretty well off, like they have a lot of money, liquid and assets and all that they um they're just like amazed at the way that i run myself and you know just being an entrepreneur or whatever like there's different styles there's different personalities right like you could be your nickel and diming bezos or you could be like more of a rock star entrepreneur like branson or whatever but where i fall under is more of a um how do you say cowboy poker man <laughs> yes. With and, cocaine sprinkled on top. Yeah, so like I always tell people like I know the rules obviously, but I don't follow them. And why is it have you met people like me? Obviously, yes, right? Gamblers. We're not investors. We're just hardcore. Uh I was telling him during the break, like, yo, if there is a 10% chance, I'm going all in because of that 10% chance is worth it for me, right? So for example, like in Bitcoin, right? They're saying that it'll go up to 100 grand, maybe even 200 grand. Um, so to me, when I see it same being 30,000, I'm like, that's cheap, right? Versus now people will be like, oh, I lost my chance. It went to 30,000, right? If it's gonna go to 100 grand, then to me, even 50 grand is still a good price. And I see it that way. So I approach crypto this way. When I first got in, thanks to uh, Steve, who helped me become a, even more of a degenerate. I introduced you to the rush. Anytime there is opportunity, I can't wait to spend my money. So in life, I think I'm pretty conservative as far as like, aside from the ridiculous uh, spears and random things I might buy, for the ratio of income that I'm bringing in, I probably spend like 10% liquid. So like, I don't spend that much money. I live in a garage. My rent is like a thousand bucks a month. I don't freaking spend. But when it comes to my net worth or assets or everything, all of my liquid or things are tied up. All of my money, I probably invested over a million into just so many different things. And in my bank account, I don't like to have money in there. And I don't know why. I hate seeing it. In I hate mm -hmm. having money in my bank account. I just can't wait to go, oh, you have a business opportunity? Come here, tell me. Here, boom, boom, right? And then so the story starts with, in, in, in um, several years ago, right? This guy, he's like telling me, you need to get into Bitcoin. And I'm like, ah, oh, every December, I do this thing where I buy gold coins. So I'm like, nah, no thanks. And I got like 20 gold coins. It was the same price at the time. Bitcoin was a thousand, gold coins were a thousand, you know? And then like a thousand an ounce or a thousand an ounce, right? So no, and one for one Bitcoin, it was about a thousand fifty or whatever. You know, now Bitcoin's what thirty grand. So you were telling me the right thing. Should have bought twenty of those guys. But this guy, <laughs> but this, it's hard to listen to a stranger, right? Like, especially if like yeah. you just don't know. We're new. It was it was a new you don't friendship. Know. Yeah, and then like, <clears throat> then he 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 makes it with Ether, and and then he what like put like 10 grand and made like 300 grand on it. And I'm like, is this real? This is crazy. And from those kind of gains, I was like, I'm in, I'm all years. Tell me what to do next. He found some other altcoins that had a lot of promise. So I was like, cool. 
And you know, the kind of guy I am is, is if people tell me stuff like, and, and if I lose money, I never blame them because it's still my decision, right? So I was like, yo, just tell me as much as you know. I go in, probably put about 200 grand into this coin. I never told him how much to put in, by the way. <laughs> no. That's for damn sure. But you know what? I wanted to be a friend, and I knew how many coins he had, and because I was like, let's be even Stevens, buddy. Yeah. I did that, came up almost a million, but instead of me pulling out the principal or anything, I kept going, and I said, to the moon, baby, let's put in another 50 grand. Let's do it again. Let's do 50 let's grand, let's do more, let's keep Woo. going. I went to the point let's where I was taking out loans to do this. And I said, <laughs> yeah. Margin. <laughs> Bro, on top of that, I didn't pull a dime out. I didn't put anything out, because I was like, to the moon, we're gonna keep going. This 1 million is gonna turn to 10 million, I don't care. Uh, the problem was, I didn't know anything about crypto or investing. I didn't know the basic rules of like, hey man, you you two times, be happy with that. Cause my standards are different. Like if I'm if I'm used to huge swings, right? Like one day I have a hundred grand and then tomorrow it's 500, you get desensitized. And then uh, now all my stock buddies were like, I would have been happy with like, not even half. There was a couple days where he's refreshing his phone and he came up 250,000 in a day. Yeah. And that's his principle. So yeah, that's- I could have just, uh, yeah, I could have just um, pulled it out. But here's the thing, man. It's like, um, you know, I even like, I was in a crazy place where I owed taxes on that, obviously, cause that's cash. I didn't write it off. You're buying stocks with it. You can't, you know, that's not a write off. You're gonna get taxed on it cause the government sees it as, hey, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars you just have in your bank account. Right? That's money you made that year, right? Yeah, so all of a sudden I get hit with a tax bill of like 130 grand, all my money's in crypto. I'm like, still not cashing out, buddy. And you have said, loans. I said, fuck this shit. Yeah, I got personal loans to pay off that bitch. And I started selling off things. And I was Is this like, guy a legend or what? I just started another business. That's all I did and I made more money. And I was like, all right, boom. It just motivated me to make more. Obviously it should have scared me into doing something different, which I did, I'm more conservative now, and my friend scolded me because I just bought more crypto. Uh, but I'm also in restaurants, I'm also in so many other things, right? So here's my thing is like, I'm really happy doing this, but I keep being told that it's wrong, and it's difficult for me to know what I should do. Yeah, because it could be a problem, but I'm also very happy living in a garage. It's like I'm the I'm the happiest I've ever been. Like True. plus, real quick, he also paid off his loans. He's like completely in the clear now. So it's almost like the universe just refuses to punish him for doing all this. Yeah, I'm debt free. I have more toys now. I have more crypto now. I don't know, you know, and, and it, to me it's it's but all of my friends who have a lot of money keep telling me you're reckless, this is crazy, don't do it. So I don't know what what to listen to. Like, am I doing something wrong? And then I keep feeling like I should change. Joe, listen to me right now. All in A-A-V-E-S-N-X. <laughs> so yeah, let's say he's a, a money patient or a money doctor, right? He yeah. shows up. Do you diagnose him as perfectly healthy? Or is he like, <laughs> what, or, what, like, what do you think? Yeah, because I want to get offended. I just feel like there should be probably something I should be doing, or maybe I'm lucky and I'm not feeling the consequences. I just don't know what I should do now, yeah. So the, the biggest challenge, and you had an amazing story, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotions. Degenerate. Degenerate roller coaster of emotions. So there's a couple of like factors here that 
kind of like play a role in it. Number one is, as entrepreneurs, our risk tolerance is vastly different than a normal person making a nine to five. Because our thought process is, oh, I could always remake the money in my business, right? I could just work yeah. a little harder to make that money. So our risk tolerance is different. We tend to be a lot more optimistic. We tend to be a lot more um, tolerant to risk. We tend to gamble a bit more because we feel that we could just scale our company a little bit more and make up that gap. That's what I did. So he listened to Steve. Yeah. So I listened to Joe. And I'm like, since I know half of what Joe knows, I'll invest half. So I invested 100. <laughs> And we were both on this roller coaster together, and I was like, wait, you know what? This is so irresponsible. I should learn about this. So I just watched a documentary on Netflix about Bitcoin. I'm like, I'm informed. <laughs> I'm like, I know what blockchain is. I got <laughs> Been on this roller coaster. So when he saw like almost a million, I saw almost 300 grand on my block folio. And then we're like, are we going to pull out our principal? Nope. And then we just kept going. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't pulling if you ain't pulling. That's true. So meanwhile, I had pulled out my principal. So I think I get a little bit of points. Hey, you get some extra bonus points. So that's, that's a big challenge, right, is, is entrepreneurs, our risk tolerance is vastly different. Like, and that's why I say it takes a very special kind of crazy person to be an entrepreneur. And so that's, that's why you invest that way. Yeah. Now the challenge too is when you're looking at like cryptocurrency because of all the swings, we tend to like that type of risk and we tend to like that emotional high. It makes me giggle. Fucking love it. <laughs> when it went sideways and there was nothing going on, yep. I was like, this is, I'm done. Dude, boring. you both were like fucking done for like 10 months, like yeah. done. And now, because everything's exploding again, these boys are like in my phone at like 1.30 in the morning, like just bought more, just bought more, just bought more, putting in this. I tell them too. <laughs> yeah. But now what I'm doing is like I'm, I'm I'm listening to a bunch of a bunch of people at the same time. Except for just Steve. <laughs> Why? Did I call it or what? I called it pretty call good. It. You did call it, yeah, but you were so married to the coin you would never let us sell. Damn right. <laughs> you never asked to sell. I know. You never. I would have never done it. I know. I would have never done it. I believed in the company. I believed in you guys. <laughs> I was like, if you guys sold, I would have sold. You're so ride or die. I love it. Today's video is brought to you by Curology. Woo! So for the longest time. I resisted a skincare routine. I remember. And the reason why is because I am a lazy human being. I don't wanna do the research to figure out what is the best cream for what skin, what do I need for what, and then I realize I do want a girlfriend one day. <laughs> so you don't do the shampoo method and let it wash down now? I still do that, but I do use face cleanser thanks to Curology, because mm, nice. they've, they've actually been sending me a personalized package yeah. for about a year now. Your face does look cleaner. Thank you, this is not oil, this is beautiful cleansing skin. I want things to be simple. I want things to be personalized. I want someone else to do the thinking for me. Yeah. And the process was super easy. I went on their website. I was like, these are my goals for my skin. Yo, I'm trying to stop myself from aging because yo, this boomer is already boomed enough. Okay, let's just chill at this moment. Yeah, we got to look like we fit in with our age group. Right. I want to be like that grandpa that has a hat backwards like this and I'm like, yo, I belong with the crowd. But I can't do that if my skin is wrinkly like a raisin, you know yeah. what I mean? So I said anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, anti-acne or whatever. This is the formula that I would like. And they customized that for me and they also put in a moisturizer Ooh. so I don't get too dried up. And they also gave me a cleanser. And I was like, I got sensitive skin. He goes, don't worry. We got the right thing for you. This is custom for you, okay? And pretty much, since it's so easy, they just dropped this off on my front door. All I gotta do is now use it. And 
I feel much better. I feel much smoother. I like looking at myself in the mirror and going, man, you're beautiful. And it's thanks to Curology. Yeah, there's also a bunch of other products that I feel like people could benefit from, like acne body wash and mm -hmm. also emergency patches. You know, when you like gotta go on a date or you got prom or you got that interview and you're like, oh shit, I got this random thing that popped up out of nowhere, what the hell? What you, you gonna do? Put it on there, emergency. <laughs> so if you're ready for healthier skin and a routine that makes sense, do what we did and give Curology a try. Go to Curology.com slash off the record for a free 30 day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling, you crazy. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash off the record to unlock your free 30 day trial. Go to Curology.com for all the details. Thanks Curology. I'm not lonely anymore. Me neither. Oh, so there's, there, there's another challenge there, right? When it comes to things is, is when you invest, you, and it's really hard to, to not be, but you can't be emotionally tied to your investment. So we learned that now. <laughs> Good boys now about that. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on. I mean, even though, you know, like my friends that do tell me they're entrepreneurs themselves, but on the spectrum, I'd say they're more of the risk adverse, calculated uh, big gainers but different, right? They're in different businesses. Like I'm in entertainment, like, you know, they're like in farming or retail and more, I wouldn't say commodities or like, but there's, it's a different kind of style, right? I, I think in entertainment, you're really just selling feelings and, and, and it's different from, you know, selling a product like water or whatever, I don't know. Right. Yeah, but I think it takes different minds. And I, and I was wondering like, um, if there was a way to do it, the consequences are hard for what we do, obviously. Like, those are big numbers. And then um, if I put it into perspective, I'm like, I could have been rent-free rent for the rest of my life. Or I could have bought like a hundred of my favorite cars right now. But, uh, I yeah, it's just numbers. It's wow. kind of like at a casino where they're just chips. How do you justify it? Because you got into crypto yourself. Yeah, so the way that the you put I your invest... entire savings into crypto. <laughs> if you didn't, you're such a pussy. <laughs> well, I guess I'm a pussy. So half of my half of my investments are in crypto. That's my speculative side, and the other half is in index funds, mm. right? And so the, the challenge with that, and the reason I did that, and that's that blend, more the conservative. A little bit more conservative. I mean, that's still it's really risky, investment. actually. Like for half and half, I like it. That's still very. Like it. That's still relatively aggressive. The, the mm. one methodology that always sticks in my head is pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So when you do What's see the these difference? big pops, so hogs are like the big ass pigs, right? And pigs are like the little like pink little squeaky pigs, like, uh, I don't know, from Charlotte's Web or something oh. like that, right? <clears throat> so when you think of it, as you see these roller coasters, and crypto's hard because it's so easily get emotionally tied to it. You have your dopamine and serotonin dropping every time you oh, open up yeah. your Coinbase, oh, and like you get that. Oh, it's like a drug. <laughs> it's like social media. So the big challenge with that is to to start setting like price markers in your head, where if it hits a certain amount, the moon, the moon, and we all think it's going to go to the moon. But start have like thinking a little bit realistically of like, hey, if it hits this, I'm going to cash out my principal and like stick with that foundation. Mm. Right, so it's kind of like more of just understanding what your risk tolerance is, understanding how you invest. If you're an emotional investor, if you're very risk adverse, or if you're if you don't give a shit about risk, understanding that, and also knowing that like wealth is a long-term marathon. It's not the short sprint. So it's really easy for us to catch the roller coasters and get really excited and then really depressed, and really excited and then really depressed, and understanding like how we think 
should also dictate the way that you invest and where like your decision making process is. It might also be a personality type thing because I remember when I first started going to casinos, I'd be like, okay, cool. My limit's like 100 or 200 bucks. Yeah. And that's no matter what, if I lose it or whatever, I'm gonna go home. And I'll end up going to this ATM like six more times. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more time. <laughs> or like, I'm like, you know, I'm at this rave. Yep. You know, I fried my brain cells enough already. I'm only gonna take like one ecstasy pill. <laughs> and you take it, and then like, I don't know, four hours later, man, it's just kind of weak. You take more and more and more. So I don't know if like, I, I do set those sometimes, you know? But then like sometimes after, you, when you actually get there, is it the discipline to stick to what you set? Is that, that's gonna help dictate your success? It's a combination of yeah. the discipline, but also having the right people around you to, to oh, guide. Oh, you ain't got the right people, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you ask me, should I get, I'm like, you know you should. If we were a country right now, um, we would all outvote you, and we're the idiots. <laughs> That's how scary this is. Okay, so that side tangent, right? Plato wrote in the Republic, the challenge with a democracy is the next level from a democracy is, a, is tyranny. Because what happens is as more people become empowered and able to vote, you have more idiots that are able to make a decision-making process, and it turns democracy into populism. Populism yeah. leads to tyranny. So that's effectively what's happening if you guys were the idiots, right? The village idiots, and I'm the like hypothetical, the voice of reason. I would be voted out because yeah, damn right. Shut up, boring dude. Yep. Shut up, expert. <laughs> and I'm, shut up, expert. We want to gamble. <laughs> so understanding like just human construct and just the the normal human behavior is really fascinating in terms of risk, in yeah. terms of how to be an entrepreneur, in terms of politics in general, and just how people make decisions. Like it's really fascinating because at the end of the day, we're humans. We're Spiritual beings living a human experience, we all deal with the same issues of tribalism, the same challenges of identity, the same challenge of self-worth, the same challenges of imposter syndrome, all of us are dealing with the same exact things. And once you start understanding that, then you're like, shit, why am I making this mistake? Oh, it's because of my challenge of worthiness. Oh, it's my my challenge of over-exuberance optimism, right? So. I think at the end of the day, everything roots to like human behavior because that'll yeah. dictate how you invest, they'll dictate how you hire, they'll dictate how you run your life in general. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out too because there's certain things that I feel like um, I should be depressed about, but instead of depressed, like losing money or whatever, right? I don't even see it as a loss. I see it as like relief sometimes. And this is weird because I'm like, oh, I'll make it back. But it also, I remember having about like a quarter mil of my bank account just cash and I was at the saddest point in my life. And I was like, I know I'm too safe. I have everything I want. I have all these, like my cars, whatever. And I'm like, I hate my life, like it's boring. And then when I started uh, <laughs> investing into crypto and all kinds of other things, it felt like I, I felt alive again. And I don't know if I manufacture chaos or whatever, but that, feeling of like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be poor or not. It feels amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm gonna be poor or not. I, you know that feeling like, I'm not sure. It, but I do have so many feelings of security and this is probably shitty to say, but I can work for any one of my friends and help their company out to the point where like, I'll, I'll, I'll make so much money for their company too, that I don't feel like I can ever be broke. So there's a- oh, yeah. You trust yourself, you're resourceful. Yeah, I feel like no matter what, and I can live very little, and like, like I, could live, I could live in a car, I could 
crash on someone's couch and then I can rebuild it. And that's kind of exciting if you think about it, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's not exciting to you? I don't know. Oh, no, bro, no. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool because it's like we always talk about it, right? Like if you go homeless, what would you do? I kind of want to try that. Yeah, you live like a homeless person in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> What's really interesting in, when I work with a lot of entrepreneurs in the CFO space, the accounting space, is the surface level is the money, right? The surface level is understanding the business and the finances. But then as I dive in, I start asking deeper questions. Why are you making these decisions? Why are you spending money the way you do? And often what you end up finding is a lot of us, we end up becoming entrepreneurs because we're filling a gap, we're filling a need. I was always a black sheep. I always wanted to prove myself to my parents. My parents always wanted me to be a doctor, dentist, attorney. And I'm 42 now, like up until like 39, my dad used to call me all the time and say, I wish you got your master's degree. And that just, that screwed me up. Wow. Right? So I was always 39? trying to prove myself. Yeah. And that's, I think what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs outside of solving a problem and, and like finding an opportunity, many of us try to prove ourselves and we chase that sense of validation. Mm -hmm. And when we chase that sense of validation, it dictates to our optimism, it dictates the decisions that we make and just like, there's a couple of key words that you brought up, Joe, that you're chasing this feeling, you're chasing this emotion, this sense of like this high of the big gains and the potential upside, but maybe deeper down, there's something that's rooted inside of your, in your heart or in your soul that maybe needs to be addressed or, or, yeah, or talked about sure. that, that may alleviate or just change that thought process. Yeah, I love fun, risky things, like just even extreme sports and stuff. So it all does the same thing. I think it's dangerous when it comes to money though, because of the consequences. Well, I don't know, injuries are pretty bad too, but in my opinion, like losing a lot is dang more dangerous than like the way I do extreme, extreme sports, because I don't do it hardcore. Why doesn't your dad call you anymore and say you should have <laughs> gotten a degree? He's still alive, right? Still alive. So I have a weird story. Like I was raised in a cult from like 12 to 32 in a, a meditation cult? cult. Yeah. Oh shit. And then on top of that too, my parents are refugees from the Vietnam War. So they were ingrained in their head, like education is the only way to get ahead. So you had this weird like dichotomy of like belief structures and all that stuff. And the reason that my, my dad started switching over from that education mindset to like, hey, you're doing well, is I had to keep reinforcing to him that I'm doing well. Mm -hmm. And I had to keep reinforcing him, hey, you know, I live in Orange County. I got and I'm not like boasting or, or saying like I, I'm this big shit or whatever, but like he started realizing that, you know, I got a kid and I'm able to support my own kid as a single parent, everything's going well. Like maybe Eric doesn't need that master's degree, but it's taken a long time for it. And I actually had to push back. I had to, I had to set these boundaries with my yeah. dad. Whereas before, like I was this validation seeker where I would just be like, yes, dad, yes, dad. And I had to push back and be like, no dad, I don't need it. Like I'm doing well, I got a great business. So it's just, it, again, it's just this human interaction this really interesting like understanding of human interaction and starting to have like a life where you set boundaries for yourself, a life where you start understanding why you make decisions that you do, and then just like staying firm for like what you believe in, that starts really changing the dynamics of your life. I would love it if you're like, if we're like, well, what do you want your kid to do? And you're like, I want him to be a fucking doctor. <laughs> That'd be funny. Plot twist. <laughs> All right. And it's weird actually, because my, my son's 17, he's gonna be turning 18, and he's graduating from high school this year. And so I've been asking him, hey, what do you want to do? Because I'm getting, right now he, he does school online. <clears throat> so I've been asking him, hey, what do you want to do next? Like, do you want to go to college? Because whatever he wants to do, I'll support. And he says, I don't know, dad, I kind of want to take a gap year. And the Asian American dad inside of me, the refugee side of me is like, it's like, no, you got to go to school. But the entrepreneur side of me, it's like, 
It's like the angel and the devil, right? The entrepreneur side of me is like, okay, I, I dig it. Like, there's no rush to to go to school and get the degree to get a job that everybody else has. Like, yeah. go explore yourself, go do your thing, and then maybe you'll find what you want to have, right? Because like, I think the challenge is like, folks are pushed down this this direction to decide what they want to do in life at 18. Like, I didn't I didn't even know what I wanted to do when I was 30. Like, I'm 42. I don't even know what I want to do right now, right? So. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of yeah. pressure, right? So the Asian American side of me is like, go to school. The entrepreneur side of me is like, dude, do whatever you want for a year and explore and figure out what you want to do and yeah. see what happens. My grandpa would say, if you have a gap year, you're going to fall into a gap and end up working at the gap. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. That's rough. Don't tell grandpa. <laughs>